entity, something that a person thinks that it's his own ownership. For example, whether it's on the government level, whether it is on some community level, whether it is in some trust. So this will all be now suddenly regarded as a person's personal wealth. He'll deal with it like he will deal with his own personal wealth. As he deems appropriate for himself, he will use and abuse. This is something that requires no elaboration. Where throughout the world this is a common complaint that there is no accountability, there is no trustworthiness, and a person regards public wealth as his personal property. So this is the first aspect of Islam to say that this becomes the norm, that this is something that will draw down the calamities of Allah. And then moving on from that, Hizakana Tilmarna Mudumat Dualan was Amanatu Bhagnama. But Amanat and trust will be regarded as spoils of war, as booty. After a war has taken place and jihad has happened, and all the wealth that has been captured from the enemy, that is something which is now co-owned by all those who have participated in that battle, all the Mujahideen. And it is therefore then distributed to everybody. So that booty is something everybody has a share in. But amanat is something very different. Amanat only is the amanat that a person, for example, somebody has entrusted some wealth in his possession, took after his wealth only. Or it is something that is in trust in a person's possession to others in some other way. It might be he is looking after somebody's business for that matter. Or it might be the property of heirs, an estate. So now he has this in his control. It might be any other way. If some amanat in a person's possession, it becomes like this is a part of booty. Only the person has no share in it, he starts making a share for himself. And the other is he has a certain share, he'll be making a bigger share for himself. And that's what the amanat requires that complete trustworthiness in that regard, that transparency in it, all these things will be something relegated. So the reason I was saying this is something that will start drawing down the calamity. Was Amanatu Maghraman. Was Zakatu Maghraman. And then Zakat will start to regard it as a tax. A tax is a very major burden. A tax the person feels, and many a times that is the case, that is a total operation. So he feels very, very difficult to discharge the tax. And as far as possible, he tries to avoid it. And whatever he can do to save himself from the tax. The same attitude will be adopted with regards to zakat. That to start off with, the person will start playing some kind of tricks to avoid the zakat. And if he has to play it, then he'll be doing it very, very reluctantly, like a burden on his head, and something that really, that something shouldn't have been, shouldn't be responsible for this. Never have been first upon him. So that kind of heart and mindset he discharged whatever he does. That too sometimes happens me, without taking care to make sure that he calculated, that he's not short trained, he calculated it correctly. And then after calculating it correctly, he's making sure he's giving it to those who are genuinely deserving. Not just anybody that came by. 
So the child will start becoming regarded as a tax. And just as a person finds the tax to be a major burden, this will become the situation with the child. Whereas the child is one of the pillars of Islam. And in the Quran Sharif, where Salah is mentioned, most of the time, side by side, Zakat is mentioned. Salah, you think on a salah, or you do not zakah. Salah and zakah, meaning the importance that we can understand of salah in a person's life, then zakah is no less. But then it becomes regarded as a tax. And yet a person will spend and waste money in things which are not just wasteful but sinful. But zakah will be a big problem for him. This is the third thing the Sultan has mentioned. Then further, this takes some of the aspects that are mentioned in the Hadith Sharif. The Hadith also says, وَأَطَاءَ الْوَجِلُ زَوْجَتَهُ وَأَطْفَ أُمَّهُ وَبَرَّ صَدِيقَهُ وَجَفَا أَبَاهُ That a person will become obedient to his wife and he will cut off his mother. He will be disobedient to his mother. In other words, without being considerate of the rights of both parties, he will just be completely unwanted. Islam hasn't taught us to oppress anybody. It hasn't taught us to trample anybody's rights. It's taught us to fulfill everybody's rights. And to maintain the balance in all directions. But when a person starts becoming completely inclined on one end, sometimes some of one end, some of the other end, this becomes a more common issue, that a person becomes completely obedient to his wife in a way that he tramples the rights of his mother. And this regards his mother. This is among the signs of Qiyamah also. And likewise, He'll be very good to his friend. His friend, his friend will be truly his friend. He'll have time for them. He'll be ready to assist them. He'll be very, very cordial with them. And Jafa Aba, his father, he will be very abrupt with him. His father will be like a stranger. His father will be somebody that well, is dead. And his friend will be somebody very close to him. Whereas the father is one of the laws to gender. And the rights of the father are far beyond all the friends. But the, just like in the case of the mother and the wife, everything will go in reverse. The same would be the case of the father and the, the friend. The friend will be very close to a person, and his father will be somebody that's just a Thereafter, says that when voices would be raised in the masjid, that a person in worldly talk, in idle talk, is talking in the masjid, but the voices are being raised like it's just another meeting place. It's somebody's house, it's somebody's business, and he's talking about business also, he's talking about all his other activities, whereas the masjid is the house of the Lord. And any disturbance to a Muslim is a very, very serious thing. Disturbance to a person who is performing salah is an extremely serious thing. Once Rasulullah was performing salah somewhere, and a dog happened to come in such a way that it would have crossed right in front and it would have caused a major disturbance. 
Please now look thereafter, later on mentioned, that it came to me to actually invoke a curse upon this dog. Here it was an animal in past, but had that been invoked at that time, it would have been possible the entire species of dog would have gone into non-existence. But where this came from, it came from the fact that it would have caused disturbance to the Salah. That disturbance to the Salah was something was so serious. It was so intolerable. So just to highlight how important it is to avoid any disturbance to Salah. Now many a times people are still performing Salah in the masjid. Like the day of Jumar, some people have completed the Salah beforehand. Some people are still busy with the Salah. And some those who completed beforehand, they haven't seen many people who they saw in the masjid. Maybe for the whole week, for somebody from a different part of town. So now the meeting starts taking place and all the discussions start, but in which manner that it starts disturbing others who are still performing salah. Whereas disturbing a person performing salah is seen as such a serious thing. Crossing in front of him was suddenly that a person is performing salah and somebody crosses in front of him, this obviously becomes a means of disturbance. So Nabi Islam says, had a person known what is the sin in crossing in front of a person performing salah, that even if he had to wait for 40, this is mentioned in the Hadith Sharif 40. 40, how many 40? That is not specified. The Sahabi was asked 40 what? 40 years? He said, I don't know. But he tells me 40. It could have been 40 days, 40 months, 40 years. So if you take 40 days only, you don't take 40 years. Meaning if you have to wait for 40 days there to finish, let this person first finish before passing, had he realized the gravity of the sin, he would wait for 40 days. He wouldn't take the chance of passing. That's such a severe thing. Why? Because it will cause such a disturbance to the Muslim. That is such a severe thing that this has been made such a great sin, costly for the Muslim. Now that highlights how important it is to ensure that we don't become the means of disturbance of any person performing salah. Whether it is in the masjid, somebody at home, wherever it might be. Now this has been mentioned in this particular hadith, and at the end of this century, the Nisab says when the Ummah gets involved in this looking thing, then the calamities will be formed, and the Nisab then says that await, await to be a wind, Red winds, which can be termed as the thunderstorms and the, the tornadoes, etc., and earthquakes, all these kind of calamities. Now, Salah, this is the most important pillar of Islam. And disturbance of a person performing Salah, you can imagine how, how serious that is in the light of Mina Hadi. So, when Sufi Atil Aswat of Masajid, the raising of the voices in the masjid, on the one hand, is disrespecting the house of Allah. That itself is a major problem. And then on top of that, that becomes a means often of disturbing people from Salah. That's an admission. Vartuki Akil Aswatu Kil Basad. Then the Bhisas says that Bahukrima Rajulu Mahamata Sharni. That a person will be respected out of fear for his mischief, out of fear for his evil. In other words, the person is being respected. But he's not being respected because of what a good person he is. He's not being respected because he has excellent character. He's being respected because of his poor character. Meaning, is this a 
a having display of respect. Within the person's heart is no respect. But just to stay out of this trouble, that this person has a lot of influence, a lot of power, if I cross his path, if I chuck his stones, then I don't want to be my result. He thinks that's difficult for me. So rather just to stay safe out of the problem, just to be away from any difficulty, I need to respect him. So he will be respected merely to stay out of his person's trouble. The least I say, this is the reflection of the poor character of the person. I mean, this will become the general situation. That people will get respected not because they are respectable. They will be respected because if people don't respect them, there will be a problem. So this becomes the means of drawing down calamities. If somebody approached to discuss an issue, there is some problem, there is something needs to be sorted out, there is something needs to be, some issue needs to be resolved. So there the person be approached. Somebody approaches us, that person <coughs> will have it really hard. What right do you have to come and talk to me? And who are you to come and discuss with me? Whereas, if there is something that needs to be resolved, something needs to be sorted out, if we call all parties to discuss the matter in a cordial manner, Somebody would be probably right, somebody would be wrong maybe, maybe everybody is right in a sense. So whatever the issue is, it needs to be discussed in a cordial manner. If a person is wrong, he needs to expect, accept, okay, my mistake. If somebody is right, then he needs to be given what is due to him. Or whatever the situation is, it is all. But a person would be unapproachable. That becomes the situation. So he is being respected being unapproachable. Because if he is approached, then there will be problems. That is something which the Bhisham is highlighting. It become a means of bringing down the calamity. This calamity is then coming in a personal life. It comes on a community, it becomes a norm in a community. It comes on both of at large. A person will be respected merely out of fear for his evil. What will be his response? Everybody just wants to take care and then the Reef says, But musical instruments and singing girls, dancing girls will become right. How right will become? In the standard age, again, nobody needs any elaboration for how right it is. It's in everybody's hands. It's in every house. And then even those situations which were unimaginable, that this would happen in a Muslim community. This would happen in a Muslim function. Those things are taking root in society. Dancing was unheard of. That this would happen in a Muslim function. But then, when wealth becomes abundant without the matching taqwa, if the taqwa along with it, Ni'mal Mahal Salih only Rajul Salih. The Bhisham says, Halal wealth for a pious person is a great Ni'mal. But that wealth is there without that piety, that, that becomes the major fitna of And that can become the meat because now that requires expression, and the expression goes in all the negative direction. So a person needs to compete with everybody else. One person did it, somebody else has to do it in a better style. He has to have a better team. And he has to do it in a way that works. So all the kinds of evils start becoming norms in society. One person happened to meet some person who he had been some training by. 
They asked him how things are going. He said, well, things are going very well. What do you mean so well? Now, there are a lot of clients now. A lot of clients, they are coming for boxing training. Who? Muslim woman. Coming for boxing training. Where is the world going to? But this is all the, the heat of that wealth without piety. Person was worried about making ends meet. They can even think of something like this. But that wealth without that taqwa. Uh, some total like 2 plus 4 equals 4. Wealth minus taqwa equals fitna. And that means a complete fitna. Wealth plus taqwa is a great nyamad. So this becomes a means of all these kind of evil thereafter and things that are not imaginable start becoming the norm in society. So we start the saying when these musical instruments and these dancing girls become rife in the open. And this becomes the means of all these calamities. Now that music which Rasulullah once heard from a distance, some sound of one shepherd playing on flutes. He was probably whatever herding his sheep or something, he was playing some flute. And the Rasulullah just happened to hear the sound, he immediately thrust his fingers into his ear. That this is something that I cannot even bear to listen even involuntarily. So I need to block my ears out of it. So what Nabi Sallallahu blocked his ears to? Today the Ummah is stuffing not fingers in the ears, they're stuffing earphones in the ears to be hearing better. But Nabi Sallallahu tried to block the sound out, the Ummah is saying to hear it from outside not good enough. But come straight down into my ears. Like a drip goes straight into the vein. This must go straight into my heart. This is the distance that we have come away from the way of Rasulullah And Malakul Mohd is waiting at any time. Allah knows best when our time is there. And in that last moment is the moment of meeting Malakul Mohd. And at that time, that is how we are engaged in with those earphones stuck in our ears, or that music taking in our car, or whatever it might be. Allah forbid this becomes the moment for us to leave dunya and meet Allah. That's not the way any Muslim wants to go. So this is something that Nabi Islam has warned against. That this is thing to be very, very wary about. This is something that creates nifaq and hypocrisy in the heart of a person. That music creates hypocrisy in the heart, like the rain causes the vegetation to grow. It's completely dry land, and the rain comes, the next thing you see is all green. That's the effect of the rain. So likewise, this music has the effect of the heart in creating hypocrisy. And what is hypocrisy? Outwardly something, inwardly something else. Outwardly, mashallah, we are all good Muslims. But inwardly, in our private moments, what we are doing, Allah knows. That is the hypocrisy. That is the effects of the hypocrisy of the heart. So in any case, this is something that we start warning us about, that this should never be the case. That a person is engaging and indulging in all these things. Then the Prophet also says that وَنُعِنَا آخِرُ هَذِي وَلَعَنَا آخِرُ هَذِي أُمَّةِ أَوَّلَا That the latter part of this Ummah will start reviving the former people of this Ummah. You'll get people coming in this time and age talking ill of the Sahaba Ikram. <laughs> Those people who Allah Ta'ala already gave them the certificate of Jannah. رضي الله عنهم ورضوا عنهم that they are that band of people, Allah Ta'ala is pleased with them, they are pleased with Allah Ta'ala, they have already made their place in Jannah. But you get people in the time and age talking, you know, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, who's been a Sahabi and endorsed in the Quran Jami. 
اذ يقول لصاحبه لا تحزن ان الله معنا الله طلب منشن بالانسلنس اوف تايم ذا بيس اوف ذا and he put Abu Bakr at the line and says that remember the time when Nabi said to Sahibi and he said to his companion whose companionship is endorsed in the Quran therefore the Ulema is saying somebody who rejects Abu Bakr Siddiq at the line being a Sahabi he is no more a Muslim he has rejected Deen he has come out of the first time because he has rejected the title of the Quran so people will revive the Sahaba Islam You get those who will be reviving the great Imam of Fiqh. Somebody will be saying, Nauzu Billah, Imam Abu Hanifah do nothing. Or he will give you 17 hadith. MashaAllah, with 17 hadith, he codified the whole, all the laws of deen. He must have been a super genius beyond what we can imagine. But these are all various things, the expertise that he has been blessed with by Allah, the great giants of the time of knowledge. But you get those coming in this latter time, Saying that now we have great understanding of Deen and his great personality, that Imam Shafi Rahmatullah, Imam Malik Rahmatullah, Imam Ahmad bin Hamad Rahmatullah, and all these great giants of knowledge, you find people in this time and age living, they have greater knowledge. They have greater abilities of deducing the Messiah of Deen. In any case, this all already spelled out for us in the hadith of Rasulullah, that a time will come when all these things will become common in Ummah. But when these things become common, if these things do become common, That is the thing to look at. That in my personal life, what am I doing that's drawing down difficulties upon myself? Am I contributing to the difficulties of the Ummah at large? Oh, when these things become common in the Ummah, then we are all jointly responsible for what is happening to us. The Ummah at large. So this is what we need to start reflecting upon, checking within our talents, that this is something that is not happening just by the way. These things don't just happen haphazardly. It's not just coincidental. This is part of the system Allah that has created. The fire will burn and water will cool. If we are lighting the fire ourselves, we get burned. If we are bringing water, we will feel the coolness of the water as well. Allah Tabarak wa ta'ala gives us a copy. Let me refrain from all the things that Allah has pleased with. We adhere to the command of Allah Tabarak wa ta'ala and the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa In that way, our dunya also will become a place of peace for us. And the real place is Akhirat, that is where we will enjoy all the everlasting nehmas. Allah Ta'ala grant us it of faith.